Hello everyone, welcome to Podmas Day 11. If you were here yesterday, we were talking about music, do's and don'ts for copyright, royalty-free type music in your videos. And today we're gonna to be tackling a new subject that is going to be all about thumbnails. Now, I know that we are not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but unlike books, we do judge a video by its thumbnail. Do not be one of those channels out there that just lets YouTube pick a thumbnail for you. Most of the time, they're not gonna do the best job. They're not gonna do a better job than you can, okay? I have a few rule of thumb principles that I want to share with you that I've learned from going to a different uh, few conferences such as VidSummit and, and VidCon. And I want to share some of these with you. Some of these I learned from like Matt Galeen from Little Monsters and VidIQ. Um, Rob, I forget what his last name is. Rob from VidIQ. So these are some of the things that I've taken away from them as well as learned on my own in different Facebook groups and whatnot. So let's just jump into it. No particular order. Number one, how to get a clear picture from your video. I had someone actually ask me this on a YouTube video about overlays um, yesterday, actually this week, I believe. The answer to that is stop in whatever video editing um, platform you're using. Uh, if that's iMovie or Final Cut Pro or Premiere or whatever it is, stop in a frame that you like. And then usually there's an export of a frame and it will export it as a high resolution PNG. And then I usually use that as a base for any of my editing afterwards. So that's the first thing I do. The second thing that I do, and of course that means in your video and everything, you have to spend a little time in the beginning, middle or end, whatever, kind of making the faces and doing the over-exaggerated, you know, smiles and open mouth and all that stuff that we'll get into that, that YouTube seems to prefer. So number two, one of the best things that you can do is actually read up, brush up a little bit on color theory. There are certain colors that companies will use when they want us to feel hungry, right? Those are like those reds and oranges and yellows. And why do you think McDonald's and Burger King and every, like when they have it figured out, you think about it, it's always those colors, right? Those colors are going to make you hungry. So there are colors that are going to make you feel more calm, right? There's colors that are going to make you feel strong and powerful. It's really important that you go out and you study a little bit of the color therapy and not just therapy, but the theory behind color because it is intensely powerful. And there are ways that, you know, you use complementary colors that are next to each other or colors that are like kind of opposite on the color wheel spectrum, but are, um, they go together, like complementary as well. Um, the other one, I guess, if they're more side by side, that's more of a, almost a monochromatic, but there's a whole theory about when you use the colors that are directly next to you on the color wheel and when you want to use the colors that are directly across from you. So if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say color wheel and all of this stuff, you're going to want to go and YouTube a couple of videos about color theory. Just get a general sense, just a couple videos, and you're going to be doing a little bit more research when it comes to this and your thumbnails are going to start to get more cohesive, okay? When it comes to your thumbnails, I do like to stick I like to have more of a consistent pattern. And if you look at my thumbnails, right, I tend to use a lot of purple, 
I, I tend to use a lot of, you know, white text and it's a specific font. Um, if you look at someone like Alicia Marie's, you know, thumbnails, they have a very definite color scheme. They're, they're very bright and kind of pastel-y, you know what I mean? And like Remy Cruz, she has a very distinct pattern on hers and you know Laura DIY she's going to have a very distinct pattern on hers and even like Nerdy Nummy so Rosanna Pansino you look at hers there's a lot of the same thing so I would encourage you to go to a lot of the channels that you like or a lot of channels that have a lot of subscribers and just look at all of their videos in their you know on their channel and really study the thumbnails because there's probably some commonalities and some themes that they have going on that you may not have noticed when you just see, oh, one video pop up in your subscription feed and you click it, but go to their channel and study it because you're gonna see they are very intentional with the colors, the fonts, the outlines that they use. It has a specific purpose. And if you look at my videos, it's exact same way. All right, so I even separate a lot of my video categories by color. If you didn't notice, a lot of my YouTube instructional, educational type content is going to have the YouTube logo, sure, but it also has the sun rays that are more red. All of my iMovie ones are more complementary to iMovie logo, which is more of that purple, you know, so a lot of my tech reviews or anything like that are going to be more of a green or yellow type of color and like my everything else is more of a green color. So, I mean, I'm very intentional with the way that my thumbnails look, which is gonna bring us to another point. If you can create a pattern that you can model time after time after time, if you look at my thumbnails, they are consistent, at least the ones for the last 50 or so. They are, you know, they're grouped by color. It always has the same font that's used across on that upper left-hand side. It always is even measured to the exact same distance. Um, so a lot of that is based on a template that I've created for myself for Photoshop or, you know, that you can use elsewhere. And so if you don't have Photoshop, you can use like GIMP, Pixlr, PicMonkey. I use PicMonkey a ton before I bring things into Photoshop because my template is in Photoshop. You can use the same template. If you look at mine, it always has the sun rays up on the upper right hand corner. It always has the logo of the superhero down on the lower right hand corner. It always has, you know, um, maybe the logo of the type of thing that I'm doing in, in the sun rays. So it's very specific. It's always the same font. It's always the same size. It's always, like I said, in the same placement. So when you look at mine, it should be aesthetically pleasing, or at least I'm trying to get it that way. Go look at your favorite creators. I bet you'll find the same thing. Now, when it comes to words on the thumbnail itself, it is best to use no more than four words, five at most. And you don't want each of those words in your thumbnail to be usually more than six letters. And not only that, one more rule I'm going to throw it at you. You want to have a font that's really, really large and you don't want a font that's going to be like very pretty and girly like script because it's really thin and it's harder to read. So sometimes more of the block letters, the shadowing letters, the, um, you know, the college letters, those letters that are thicker that you can throw a shadow behind, that you can throw an outline behind, those read better from a farther distance. And when the thumbnail is very, very small and you're looking at it very small, and that's a tip for you, make sure that, of course, it looks great when you're editing on your computer and you're staring at this huge screen, but then bring it down 
to what it looks like, you know, a one inch by two inch or whatever else it is, a very small, can you still read all of that text that you put on there? No, probably not. And it's probably not worth putting all those words on it. And if you're one of those people who's putting the exact same title of your video on your thumbnail, it's probably not helping you out as much as you think. Think of things that are more complimentary, but don't repeat the entire thing, because if they wanted to see that, they already see it in the title. The thumbnail's not really helping that. The thumbnail is that extra added boost that's gonna get them to click into your video. So don't just repeat the title, because especially if you have a really wordy and long title, it's not gonna help anything, right? So if you can make it short, and if it's a question like best camera, question mark, or you know something like that, um, that's more in line, and then your title is like, the best camera to get started with for vlogging or something like that. Or, you know, and then on your thumbnail is vlog camera or something like that. It still lets me know what your video is about, but I don't need all six words and I'm never gonna be able to read it when it, the screen is super tiny and I'm looking at it on my iPhone or whatever phone I'm looking at, right? So just keep that in mind. If you have um, words on your thumbnail though, think about words that evoke sometimes a reaction or can really just be more concise about what your title is about. So, and we'll get into titles too, but sometimes you wanna have some sort of action word, like um, sort of something that's more inclusive, like best ever or unbelievable value or th things like that that make you feel. Think about like magazine titles, right? Like the best blank, you know, and the best value and the things that make you feel included and not excluded and make you feel excited, those are the types of words you wanna to gravitate towards. When I take a screenshot from my video, usually I will send it to PicMonkey, and then there's always the first few things I always do, no matter what, always, I'm not gonna lie, I whiten my teeth, I will look for a skin smoother for any, like if I have any zit that day, um, because sometimes I'll shoot two videos at a time and if I have, you know, a big zit on my forehead, guess what? I have it then for three different thumbnails or however many videos I shot that day. So I'm going to go in there with a little airbrush tool and I'm going to zap that out because you don't need to see that. Yes, you can click into the video and see that I have one, but you don't need to see it on the thumbnail, right? It doesn't have to be immortalized there. And then I'm always going to increase the saturation and I'm always going to bump up the brightness because no matter what, thumbnails just look a little bit like darker than you think that they're going to when you get to a phone screen. So I always, like I said, increase brightness just by a little bit and always oversaturate. So once I see it on my computer and I just, I really go for it and I'm like, whoa, that's too much. But then you see it on your phone and you're like, oh no, that's about right. So a rule of thumb is just a little bit too much is perfect. <laughs> and that's not for everything in life, just for the saturation when it comes to the thumbnail. Um, if you guys want an entire episode on how I make thumbnails and do different tricks like uh, sometimes I'll use the green eye enhancer to like color grass in the background or you can do different things like that to kind of enhance color or there's kind of secret tricks and tips that you can do inside of PicMonkey. If you guys want a video which would probably be a better thing than a voiceover podcast because you probably want to see it and visualize it let me know drop a comment and um, I could probably make that video happen for you, okay? Okay, yeah, so I already talked about, make sure you zoom it down to size. If you are completely a failure when you know that you cannot do this by yourself and you wanna get a template or something like that, 
Um, there are different things that you can purchase that can help you with this. So Roberto Blake has a YouTube thumbnail starter pack that you can get where I've even purchased it myself so I can just see what it looks like, what it looks like in layers in Photoshop when someone who knows what they're doing is actually looking at it and then giving you templates. So you can use them. He's got like, let's say 60-ish different templates that you can look at and you can use them. You know, you just kind of swap in your own photo and you put in your own text and you've got a really nice looking thumbnail. If you know that you can't do it yourself, you can pay someone. <laughs> it is perfectly fine to go ahead and pay that one-time fee and get some templates and you can step up your YouTube, you know, thumbnail game. Another option is if you are just not feeling that like, you know what, you could learn it, you just don't want to, then that's, that's a whole other thing and that's totally fine. That's just knowing where your priorities are. Just hire someone off of Fiverr or your friends that also make videos, look at who has decent thumbnails, look at theirs and say, hey, can I pay you a few bucks to do this? Or you can trade something and, you know, and barter with each other for something of value. But that could be another option and a way to go. And let me see, I think that's everything that I wanted to talk about with thumbnails at least, right? So oversaturating, less words. Um, I would say I would tend to put your face in the thumbnails because I know that there are studies that will show that people relate more when there is a face in a thumbnail. And up, like the studies will show if it's one or two faces, it's fine. Once it gets to three or more faces, it kind of goes downhill from there. But so no more than three people in your thumbnail with their faces. Um, two is better and at least one is great. And so try and put yourself in the thumbnail. I know it seems weird and you're doing the cheesy face, but people want to click on someone that they know. And sometimes, you know, they might know your name or they might not, but they know your face. And they know that when they click on the thumbnail with your face on it, they're going to get, oh, it's Shelly saves the day. And then it, it clicks for them. But if you just see a, you know, a a thumbnail that's a solid color with some words on it that doesn't make me excited to go watch it because I don't know whose video it is and it is a disconnect for me if that makes sense and the last thing I would say is if you have two thumbnails and you can't quite figure out which one is working out best for you one of course you can just ask people in different face groups or your friends hey which one is more compelling which one do you think would make you click on it or TubeBuddy has a great feature where you can actually test thumbnails and they have this AB feature where they'll give you data on which thumbnail is actually performing better for you and then you can continue to make decisions for yourself on which thumbnail you want to proceed with. And I would say if a thumbnail is on a video and that video is not doing great, it could be you know, your, the thumbnail that you chose, and it may be time to maybe reevaluate your video after a couple weeks or a month and say, maybe I need to swap out that thumbnail and do a different one. You may not want to do that with a video that's performing really well, but if it's not performing well, usually, you know, it's either a title thing or it's your thumbnail thing. So you may want to take a look at that and don't be afraid to change out the thumbnail and try something else. And that's everything I want to cover today about thumbnails. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of Podmas. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all of you. Bye-bye. That's going to wrap it up for today's Podmas episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed our time together, I would love it if you gave a five-star review on whatever listening platform you are tuning in from. I do not take our time together for granted. I know you could be anywhere and listening to anyone and you chose to spend your time with me and I really appreciate that. I will see you in a Podmas episode very soon. Thanks guys. Bye.